Chapter Twenty Nine of the Four Feathers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gary Oldman. The Four Feathers by A. E. W. Mason. Colonel Trench assumes a knowledge of chemistry. Three more days. Both men fell asleep with these words upon their lips but the next morning trench waked up and complained of a fever and the fever rapidly gained upon him so that before the afternoon had come he was light-headed and those services which he had performed for feversham feversham had now to perform for him the thousand knights of the house of stone had done their work but it was no mere coincidence that trench should suddenly be struck down by them at the very moment when the door of his prison was opening the great revulsion of joy which had come to him so unexpectedly had been too much for his exhausted body the actual prospect of escape had been the crowning trial which he could not endure in a few days he will be well said feversham it is nothing it is unsaba answered ibrahim shaking his head the terrible typhus fever which has struck down so many in that infected goal and carried them off upon the seventh day feversham refused to believe it is nothing he repeated it in a sort of passionate obstinacy but in his mind there ran another question will the men with the camels wait each day as he went to the nile he saw abu fatma in the blue robe at his post each day the man made a sign and each day Feversham gave him no answer. Meanwhile, with Ibrahim's help, he nursed Trench. The boy came daily to the prison with food. He was sent out to buy tamarinds, dates, and roots, out of which Ibrahim brewed cooling draughts. Together they carried Trench from shade to shade as the sun moved across the Tsar Reba. Some further assistance was provided for the starving family of Idris, and the forty-pound change which Trench wore were consequently removed. He was given vegetable marrow soaked in salt water. His mouth was packed with butter, his body anointed and wrapped close in camel cloth. The fever took its course, and on the seventh day, Ibrahim said, This is the last. Tonight he will die. No, replied Feversham, that is impossible. In his own parish, he said, beneath the trees he knew, not here no and he spoke again with a passionate obstinacy he was no longer thinking of the man in the blue robe outside the prison walls or of the chances of escape the fear that the third feather would never be brought back to ethne that he would never have the opportunity to take back the fourth of her own free will no longer troubled him even that great hope of the afterwards was for the moment banished from his mind he thought only of trench and the few awkward words he had spoken in the corner of the zareba on the first night when they lay side by side under the sky no he repeated he must not die here and through all that day and night he watched by trench's side the long hard battle between life and death at one moment it seemed that the three years of the house of stone must win the victory at another that trench's strong constitution and wiry frame would get the better of the three years 
for that night at all events they did and the struggle was prolonged the dangerous seventh day was past even ibrahim began to gain hope and on the thirteenth day trench slept and did not ramble during his sleep and when he waked it was with a clear head he found himself alone and so swathed in camel cloth that he could not stir but the heated day was past and the shadow of the house of stone lay black upon the sand of the zareba he had not any wish to stir and he lay wondering idly how long he had been ill while he wondered he heard the shouts of the gaolers and the cries of the prisoners outside the zareba and in the direction of the river the gate was open and the prisoners flocked in feversham was among them and he walked straight to trench's corner thank god he cried i would not have left you but i was compelled we have been unloading boats all day and he dropped in fatigue by trench's side how long have i lain ill asked trench thirteen days it will be a month before i can travel you must go feversham you must leave me here and go while you still can perhaps when you come to assawan you can do something for me i could not move at the present you will go to-morrow no i should not go without you in any case answered feversham as it is it is too late too late trench repeated he took in the meaning of the words but slowly he was almost reluctant to be disturbed by their mere sound he wished just to lie idle for a long time in the cool of the sunset but gradually the import of what feversham had said forced itself into his mind too late then the man in the blue gown has gone yes he spoke to me yesterday by the river the camel men would wait no longer they were afraid of detection and meant to return whether we went with them or not you should have gone with them said trench for himself he did not at that moment care whether he was to live in the prison all his life so long as he was allowed quietly to lie where he was for a long time and it was without expression of despair that he added so our one chance is lost no deferred replied feversham the man who watched by the river in the blue gown brought me a paper a pen and some wood soot mixed with water he was able to drop them by my side as i lay upon the ground i hid them beneath my jibber and last night there was a moon last night i wrote to a greek merchant who keeps a cafe at wadi halfa i gave him the letter this afternoon and he is gone he will deliver it and receive money in six months in a year at the latest he will be back in omdurman very likely said trench he will ask for another letter so that he may receive more money and again he will say that in six months or a year he will be back in omdurman i know these people you do not know abu fatma he was gordon's servant over there before khartoum fell he has been mine since he came with me to obak and waited there while i went down to berber he risked his life in coming to omdurman at all within six months he will be back you may be very sure trench did not continue the argument he let his eyes wander about the enclosure and they settled at last upon a pile of newly turned earth which lay in one corner what are they digging he asked a well answered feversham a well said trench fretfully 
and so close to the nile why what's the object i don't know said feversham indeed he did not know but he suspected with a great fear at his heart he suspected the reason why the well was being dug in the enclosure of the prison he would not however reveal his suspicion until his companion was strong enough to bear the disappointment which belief in it would entail but within a few days his suspicion was proved true it was openly announced that a high wall was to be built about the house of stones too many prisoners had escaped in their fetters along the nile bank henceforth they were to be kept from year's beginning to year's end within the wall the prisoners built it themselves of mud bricks dried in the sun feversham took his share in the work and trench as soon almost as he could stand was joined with him here's our last hope gone he said and though feversham did not openly agree in spite of himself his heart began to consent they piled the bricks one upon the other and mortarized them each day the wall rose a foot with their own hands they closed themselves in twelve feet high the wall stood when they had finished it twelve foot high and smooth and strong there was never a projection from its surface on which a foot could rest it could not be broken through in at night trench and feversham contemplated it in despair the very palm trees of khartoum were now hidden from their eyes a square of bright blue by day a square of dark blue by night jewelled with points of silver and flashing gold limited their world trench covered his face with his hands i daren't look at it he said in a broken voice we have been building our own coffin feversham that's the truth of it and then he cast up his arms and cried aloud will they never come up the nile the gunboats and the soldiers have they forgotten us in england good god have they forgotten us hush replied feversham we shall find a way of escape never fear we must wait six months well we have both of us waited years six months what are they but though he spoke stoutly for his comrade's stake his own heart sank within him the details of their life during the six months are not to be dwelt upon in that pestilent enclosure only the myriad vermin lived lives of comfort no news filtered in from the world outside they fed upon their own thoughts so that the sight of a blizzard upon the wall became an occasion for excitement they were stung by scorpions at night there were at times flogged by their gaolers by day they lived at the mercy and the whims of idris es salah and that peculiar spirit nebuchadnezzar who always reported against them to the khalifa just at the moment when irdas was most in need of money for his starving family religious men were sent by the khalifa to convert them to the only true religion and indeed the long theological disputations in the enclosure became events to which both men looked forward with eagerness at one time they would be freed from the heavier shackles and allowed to sleep in the open and another without reason those privileges would be withdrawn and they struggled for their lives within the house of stone the six months came to an end 
the seventh began a fortnight of it passed and the boy who brought feversham food could never cheer their hearts with word that abu fatma had come back he will never come said trench in despair surely he will if he is alive said feversham but is he alive the seventh month passed and one morning at the beginning of the eighth there came two of the khalifa's bodyguard to the prison who talked with idris idris advanced to the two prisoners verily god is good to you you men from the bad world he said you are to look upon the countenance of the khalifa how happy you should be trench and feversham rose up from the ground in no very happy frame of mind what does he want with us is this the end the question started up clear in both their minds they followed the two guards out through the door and up the street towards the khalifa's house does it mean death said feversham trench shrugged his shoulders and laughed sourly it is on the cards that nebi kadir has suggested something of the kind he said they were led into the great parade ground before the mosque and thence into the khalifa's house where another white man sat in attendance upon the threshold within the khalifa was seated upon an angareb and a grey-bearded greek stood beside him the khalifa remarked to them that they were both to be employed upon the manufacture of gunpowder with which the armies of the turks were shortly to be overwhelmed feversham was on the point of disclaiming any knowledge of the process but before he could open his lips he heard trench declaring in fluid arabic that there was nothing connected with gunpowder that he did not know about and upon his words they were both told they were to be employed at the powder factory under the supervision of the greek for that greek both prisoners will entertain a regard to their dying day there was in the world a true samaritan it was out of sheer pity knowing the two men to be herded in the house of stone that he suggested to the khalifa their employment and the same pity taught him to cover the deficiencies of their knowledge i know nothing whatever about the making of gunpowder except the crystals of you said trench but we shall leave the prison each day and that is something though we return each night who knows when a chance of escape may come the powder factory lay in the northward part of the town and on the bank of the nile just beyond the limits of the great mud wall and at the back of the slave market every morning the two prisoners were let out from the prison door they tramped along the river bank on the outside of the town wall and came into the powder factory past the storehouses of the khalifa's bodyguard every evening they went back by the same road to the house of stone no guard was sent with them since flight seemed impossible and each journey that they made they looked anxiously for the man in a blue robe but the months passed and may brought with it the summer something has happened to abu fatma said feversham he has been caught at berber perhaps in some way he has been delayed he will not come said trench feversham can no longer pretend to hope that he would he did not know of a sword thrust received by abu fatma as he fled through the berber on his return from omdurman he did not know of a sword thrust 
received by abu fatma as he thread through berber on his return from omdurman he had been recognized by one of his old goalies in that town and had got cheaply off with the one thrust in his thigh from that wound he had through the greater part of this year been slowly recovering in the hospital at assuan but though feversham heard nothing of a abu fatma towards the end of may received news that others were working for his escape as trench and he passed in the dusk of one evening between the storehouses and the town wall a man in the shadow of one of the narrow alleys which opened from the storehouse whispered to them to stop trench knelt down upon the ground and examined his foot as though a stone had cut it and as he kneeled the man walked past them and dropped a slip of paper at their feet he was a sawakin merchant who had a booth in the grain market of omdurman trench picked up the paper and hid it in his hand and limped on with feversham at his side there was no address or name upon the outside and as soon as they had left the houses behind and had only the wall upon their right and the knoll upon their left trench sat down again there was a crowd about the water's edge men passed up and down between the crowd and them trench took his foot into his lap examined the sole but at the same time he unfolded the paper in the hollow of his hand and read the contents aloud he could hardly read them his voice so trembled feversham could hardly hear him the blood so sang in his ears a man will bring you a box of matches when he comes trust him such and he asked who is such a great friend of mine said fever some he is in egypt then does he say where no but since muhammad ali the grain messenger dropped the paper we may be sure he is at sawakin a man with a box of matches think we may meet him tonight but it was a month later when in the evening an arab pushed past them on the river bank and said i am the man with the matches tomorrow by the storehouse at this hour and as he walked past them he dropped a box of colored matches on the ground feversham stooped instantly don't touch them said trance and he pressed the box into the ground with his foot and walked on such exclaimed feversham so he comes to our house how did he know that i was here trench fairly shook with excitement as he walked he did not speak of the great new hope which so suddenly came to them for he dared not he tried even to pretend to himself that no message at all had come he was afraid to let his mind dwell upon the subject both men slept brokenly that night and every time they waked it was with a dim consciousness that something great and wonderful had happened feversham as he lay upon his back and gazed upward at the stars had a fancy that he had fallen asleep in the garden of broad place on the surrey hills and that he had but to raise his head to see the dark pines upon his right hand and his left but to look behind to see the gables of the house against the sky he fell asleep towards dawn and within an hour was waked up by a violent shaking he saw trench bending over him with a great fear on his face suppose they keep us in prison today he whispered in a shaking voice plucking at vivashim it has just occurred to me suppose they did that 
why should they answered feversham but the same fear caught hold of him and they sat dreading the appearance of idris lest he should have some such new order to deliver but idris crossed the yard and unbolted the prison door without a look at them fighting screaming jammed together in the interest pulled back thrust forward the captives struggled out into the air and among them was one who ran foaming at the mouth and dashing his head against the wall he is mad said trench as the gaoler secured him and since trench was unmanned that morning he began to speak rapidly and almost with incoherence that's what i have feared feversham that i should go mad to die even here one could put up with that without overmuch regret but to go mad and he shivered if this man with the matches proves false to us feversham i shall be near to it very near to it a man one day a raving foaming idiot the next a thing to be put away out of sight out of hearing god but that's horrible and he dropped his head between his hands dared not look up until idris crossed to them and bade them go about their work what work they did in the factory that day neither knew they were only aware that the hours passed with an extraordinary slowness but the evening came at last among the storehouses said trench they dived into the first alley which they passed and turning a corner saw the man who had brought the matches i am abdul kadar he began at once i have come to arrange for your escape but at present flight is impossible and trench swayed upon his feet as he heard the word impossible asked feversham yes i brought three camels to omdurman of which two have died the effendi at suakin gave me money but not enough i could not arrange for relays but if you will give me a letter to the effendi telling him to give me two hundred pounds then i will have everything ready and come again within three months trench turned his back so that his companion might not see his face all his spirit had gone from him at this last stroke of fortune the truth was clear to him appallingly clear kadar was not going to risk his life he would be the shuttle going backwards and forwards between omdurman and swakin as long as feversham cared to write letters and such to pay money but the shuttle would do no weaving i have nothing with which to write said feversham and abu kadar produced them be quick he said write quickly lest we be discovered and feversham wrote but though he wrote as abel suggested the futility of his writing was as clear to him as to trench there is the letter he said and he handed it to abul and taking trench by the arm walked without another word away they passed out of the alley and came again to the great mud wall it was sunset to their left the river gleamed with changing lights here it ran the color of an olive there rose pink and here again a brilliant green above their heads the stars were coming out in the east it was already dusk and behind them in the town drums were beginning to beat with their barbaric monotone both men walked with their chins sunk upon their breasts their eyes upon the ground they had come to the end of hope they were possessed with a lethargy of despair feverson thought not at all of the pine trees on the surrey hills 
nor did trench have any dread that something in his head would snap and that which made him man bereft from him they walked slowly as though their fetters had grown ten times their weight and without a word so stricken indeed were they that an arab turned and kept pace beside them and neither noticed his presence in a few moments the arab spoke the camels are ready in the desert ten miles to the west but he spoke in so low a voice that those to whom he spoke were so absorbed in misery that the words passed unheard he repeated them and feversham looked up quite slowly their meaning broke in on feversham's mind quite slowly he recognized the man who uttered them abu fatma he said whoosh returned abu fatma the camels are ready now now trench leaned against the wall with his eyes closed and the face of a sick man it seemed that he would swoon and feversham took him by the arm is it true trench asked faintly and before feversham could answer abu fatma went on walk forwards very slowly before you reach the end of the wall it will be dusk draw your cloaks over your heads wrap these rags around your chain so they do not rattle then turn and come back go close to the water beyond the storehouses i will be there with a man to remove your chains but keep your faces well covered and do not stop he will think you slaves with that he passed some rags to them holding his hands behind his back while they stood close to him then he turned and hurried back very slowly feversham and trench walked forwards in the direction of the prison the dusk crept across the river mounted the long slope of sand enveloped them trench walked forwards in the direction of the prison the dusk crept across the river mounted the long slope of sand enveloped them they sat down quickly wrapped the rags about their chains and secured them there from the west the colors of the sunset had altogether faded the darkness gathered quickly about them they turned and walked back along the road they had come the drums were more numerous now and above the wall there rose a glare of light by the time they had reached the water's edge opposite the storehouses it was dark abu fatma was already waiting with his blacksmith the chains were knocked off without a word spoken come said abu there will be no moon tonight how long before they discover you are gone who knows perhaps already idris has missed us perhaps he will not till morning there are many prisoners they ran up the slope of sand between the quarters of the tribes across the narrow width of the city through the cemetery on the far side of the cemetery stood a disused house a man rose up in the doorway as they approached and went in wait here said abu fatma and he too went into the house in a moment both men came back and each one led a camel and made it kneel mount said abu fatma bring its head round and hold it as you mount i know the trick said trench feversham climbed up behind him the two Arabs mounted the second camel ten miles to the west, said Abu Fatma, and he struck the camel on the flanks. Behind them the glare of the lights dwindled. The tapping of the drums diminished. End of chapter 29